If I could describe to give my life tour in one word, it would be vulnerability. Showing up for yourself is so important. Welcome to the Get My Life Tour. I'm your host, Lydia T. Blanco. Hey, y'all. It is me, your host, Lydia T. Blanco. And as always, I am so excited that you decided to show up for yourself. Welcome to the Get My Life Tour. If this is your first time tuning in, I am so glad that you are here taking time out of your day to get what you need. And if you're showing up because you've been here before, Thank you for rocking with me. Oh, my goodness. You being on tour means the world to me. So does you taking time out of your day when you could be doing anything else, but you decided to tune in. You know what? I I always say I'm excited, but today I am so hyped. So I am taking longer pauses so I don't stumble over my words, just like I did, because today's guest is someone who is truly, oh my gosh, phenomenal. She actually reached out to me just in a comment section. And this just goes to uh, say how powerful social media can be when you actually follow up with people um, with intention. And let me tell you, I am so glad that Lauren Rosa Miller decided to leave a comment on a picture that I shared. And I am so excited also that she decided to come on tour because her story is incredible. The way she shows up for herself is incredible. And the way that she's helping others as a storyteller and entrepreneur is truly remarkable. So without further ado, help me welcome Lauren Rosenmiller, storyteller and entrepreneur to the Get My Life Tour. Yes. Hi, everyone. I'm so, so happy to be here. Oh, my goodness. I am so happy because that comment led us to where we are right now. And there was no way that I was not going to extend an invite after reading part of your story on social. Yes. You know, things are divine. That's how that's how, you know, the world works and the universe works. You know, when you're supposed to be connected, God will make a way for you to make those connections for that soul work. You know, you are a storyteller. You are an entrepreneur. You are a young woman who is committed to carrying the legacy of so many greats in your family. But we don't know who Lauren Rosa Miller is at her core. So in your own words, who is Lauren Miller? So that's, you know, a question that you don't often get. (laughs) Um, But what I would say, I am somebody that loves the world and I love uh, humankind. I'm almost like an empath in the sense of, I'm always searching for ways to share my light to impact others. Um, And so everything that I do is really a manifestation of me using the gifts that God Mm -hmm. gave me to impact others. And I have been very, very blessed and fortunate to to have been 
um, I guess blessed with just a lot of experiences and privilege and various different things. And so I've been on a mission to kind of open that and share that with the world through various different endeavors. Mm -hmm. That speaks to me because we need more of that, number one. And it's also encouraging to know that that is how you choose to show up. There are so many things that could deter you from that. And you choose more life. And that right there is a choice that is very difficult to make (laughs) on a daily basis. (laughs) So my hat is off to you. Yes, 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 for sure. And it kind of links to, I guess, my life's mission of wanting to impact at least 250 million people Mm. around the world, whether through storytelling or my business endeavors, um, but just kind of just sharing that light and wanting, you know, to just touch as many people as possible. And so as we dive deeper, you'll kind of see how my life has kind of um, kind of been on that journey, on that path for a while. Where did that number come from? 250 million. Girl, I, it's hard to really, you know, I don't know. I've always kind of been in like the media space and just kind of when you measure impact, I just kind of thought about like, you know, I want to touch that many lives and it doesn't necessarily have to be like physically touched, but just where there's a thought or Mm. inspiration or a story or a product or, you know, whatever it is. Um, But, you know, I dream big and I feel like that may not even be big enough. Okay. Um, Given, you know, given the digital world there we're in and how Internet can kind of take you to all corners of the world. Um, But that's on my vision board. Well, that's on my life Hmm. board. (laughs) So. So, yes. You know, the, the post that connected us was one that spoke about being still. And you had recently shared about that. And I went on your Instagram account and I was like, oh, my goodness, this woman is creative. Your feed looks like a lifestyle magazine and it is beautiful. It's curated. And I couldn't help but to be inspired. What inspires you as a creative? I think, you know, one, my life experiences and wanting to express myself um, and express the the revelations that I may experience, but I want to do it in a way that provides you with a visual that resonates with your emotion and your feelings. And so uh, beyond my experiences, I would say just nature and, and, and God's beauty that he's created around us always kind of gives me that level of, of push and inspiration and kind of be, um, just to share and create things. I think it's, it's something to be said when you're creating something from mm-hmm. nothing and bringing an idea to light. And it's, it's something that I didn't realize that I enjoyed probably until I was about 25, but it's like, you know, ever since I kind of dived into, this space that I'm currently in, I thoroughly enjoy creating. And I can tell when I haven't created in a long time, like I can like feel it in my (laughs) bones and my soul. Like, okay, there's something in you that you need to birth and you need to get it out and you need to express it. (sighs) You know, so when you first log onto your account, right. And I just want to stay on this because it's going to lead us to the next part of our conversation. Your bio is straight 
to the point. And it it makes me want to know more, right? I'm glad that I do now, but it made me want to know more. I was like, wait, what? Is this real? And I'm going to read it verbatim just so that people can know exactly what I'm talking about. Your bio reads, took a two-year hiatus from my brand and platform after losing my dad and inheriting his business in 2018, secured his le- his legacy, excuse me, secured his legacy. Now I'm back to building mine. Not only is that, you know, attention drawing, it is powerful. It makes me curious and want to know more, but there's something in those two lines that just makes me so interested in digging deeper into your story, right? We've had our conversation, but I can only imagine what impact those two lines has on someone when they first land onto your on your page, right? And, you know, with this being the Get My Life Tour, mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, what is your get my life tour moment? And of course, where, how did you get the guts to take that two year hiatus? Well, you know, to be honest, it's, you know, sometimes you either have the guts or sometimes life kind of presents itself and you don't necessarily even really have a choice. I think Mm -hmm. for me, it was one of those things where, you know, losing somebody like a father. And for me, my father raised me. um, You understand the magnitude of that. And you understand that it's something that you need to take time to process and to deal with. And it doesn't matter what external things you may have been doing or you want to do. um, Understanding the magnitude of that loss and sitting with that and understanding the transition that you're going through. Um, and, and it's funny because, you know, there's so much life that comes from death. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you have to kind of create a space for that life to grow and to breathe. And because of my life prior to that and, you know, being on the go and doing everything that I was doing, I just knew that it was very important for me to take that time off because, you know, for somebody like me, I've dived deep into, you know, grieving and the seven steps and all that kind of stuff. And so, you can you will find that if you don't take that time, it can show up later on in life when you think that you have been healed mm-hmm. or you think that you're over something. And so for me, um, I just knew it was just a very important thing because in addition to my father passing, it was also the end of me being his primary caregiver for almost four years. So it was even more than just losing him. It was like an end of an era. Mm. And so, you know, a lot of people, if, you, if you're young, you may not have had to take on the caregiving role yet. But I will say as a young person who started at 25, it is more than a notion. And it's a selfless act that a lot of young people may not have experienced. Uh, but when you are in that, it's it's incredibly important that you know, when you kind of exit out of that phase that you get back to nurturing yourself. Because for me, for the longest, I wasn't putting myself Mm. first in the name of making sure that my father, his legacy, his life was kind of like successfully transitioned him to, you know, the spiritual, but his legacy on to me and my siblings. Thank you so much for sharing that. 
And I had to ask, what did those, what did that transition look like for you, if you do not mind sharing? And I know it's very personal, but taking care of yourself, right? Going from a primary caregiver to now having to transition into focusing on yourself. I'll ask you, what, what did that look like? <laughs> wow. Um, I found myself realizing just how much I had put myself on the back burner um, and I was finding it. I wouldn't say weird, but it was like I was enjoying things that to the average person is like, well, that's that's normal. Like washing your clothes and folding them and putting them up or like justifying, you know, getting your hair done or your nails done. I would never justify having the time because I just felt like I had so many balls that I was juggling. And so once that that period of my life was over, just small little things that people do for themselves, I was starting to do again. So I was had to relearn how to put myself first. And it takes time because I think for me, a lot of my worth had been wrapped up in being there for my dad. And so now that that is no longer the case, then what does my worth now look like? Mm -hmm. Right. And so I was like, okay, that was so much of who, who my, who I was, who my identity was. I was Lauren, you know, taking care of the legacy, taking care of her dad, running this business, yada, yada, yada. Um, But now that that's no longer the case, where do you stand? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so, um, so it's it's definitely been a a transition, uh, but it's been a good transition. I'm learning more about myself, and you know, you don't realize you know how much you you take for granted. And I tell my peers, it's like you know, when you're in your 20s, they say that you need to look out for yourself as best interest, whether that you know trying as many things, jobs, yada yada yada. But for somebody like me, I was selfless during the years that typically you're being selfish. Mm -hmm. And so I'm now in a selfish place, if you will, Mm -hmm. a positive selfish place, you know, Um, and, and being okay with that. Cause I think you can get used to putting everybody above you. Um, And, and so, and again, like you mentioned, in terms of me taking that two year hiatus, that was a part of it, getting to know myself again. And and when you go through something like, you know, losing a parent, but, you know, also taking care of a terminally ill parent, you realize that there is a lot of trauma. At least for me, there was a lot of trauma I had experienced that I didn't realize because it's one thing, you know, when you lose a parent, you don't know. Uh, it can be very devastating. But to live life knowing every single day that your parent is dying, it's a mental weight it's very heavy to carry because it's just like no matter what good may be happening in your life still in the back of your mind but my dad is dying and so getting past that and being in this in this current space that I'm in now I'm dealing and processing a lot of that and and kind of really digging deeper in terms of like what effect has it had on me and you know how do I need to care for myself and, you know, just right. really show up for myself? You know what I mean? And I think it can sound like, of course, like, of course, you're going to show up for yourself. But for somebody who historically hadn't been doing that, it's it's a it's a new thing for me. And I'm even still to this day um, having to 
work on saying that, yeah, that's a priority. Like, you know, right. if your back hurts, you need to figure out, you need to, you know, do something about it versus, you know, going on to the next thing. And so it's a never ending journey. Um, but, you know, what I will say is there's so much wisdom. There's so much um, insight that I have on this side. Um, and I'm in a such a different space. There's so much maturity. It's almost like I aged five years, not physically, right? <laughs> but like, <laughs> but mentally, you know, spiritually, um, because it's, you know, it's a life changing experience. And I think, you know, I will say in terms of me and my father's story, it's, it's unique in the sense that we prepped for it. Mm. And I think that's something that you, you don't often find, um, because with my dad's illness, he actually lived for a long time with this illness where, you know, you may have situations where people may have terminal cancer and it may be a year, year and a half, but it was four years. So we are in this prepping stage of passing of the baton mm. for, you know, a long period of time. And so, um, so there's just so much wisdom to finally be able to digest on this side. You know, it's like there's a lot of noise, but when you remove the noise, it's like, okay, I can hear things. Yes. I can, I can, you know, talk to that inner voice. God can speak to me. I can be a vessel. Um, so, yeah. I really appreciate your perspective, right? You, you went through the process of grief and, I don't say that assumingly to say that it's over for you or pretend, you know, presumptuously like I know, but mm-hmm. having gone through that process, I could only imagine, you know, in addition to all the things that you've just shared, all of the other things that you've learned. I, I like mm-hmm. how you said on this side, right? Mm-hmm. As you go through there are so many things that you get along the way, but I'm sure there's so many things that you are learning on this side. You know, mm-hmm. that two years probably went and gone, uh, came and mm-hmm. gone, left, right? Or came and gone for some people mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, two years, that's nothing. That is a very long time, right? And then you decided to show up again and you began to tell your father's story, parts of your father's story, parts of your father's story, which really resonate with a lot of people just given their response on social and Mm -hmm. the way that you shared is so beautiful. It's so detailed. You belong to a family of entrepreneurs, you know, Mm -hmm. can you please share more about, you know, your father's business and Mm -hmm. his legacy? Mm-hmm. And, you know, to your point, I will say, like, I do come from a very, I guess, long line of just very hardworking people who have dedicated a lot of their life to, I guess, leveling the playing field for black folks. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. Um, and so I would say my my father's legacy is rooted in coming from a agricultural and farming background. And so I often tell people that I'm technically a fifth generation entrepreneur in the sense of my great, great grandfather um, bought 800 acres of land back in the 18, late 1800s. And it has been within the family business since then. And so um we have nurtured family connection, family legacy um, for over a hundred years, right? And so it it's one of those things where 
you really truly understand inherited responsibility, mm-hmm. right? And you understand that you are part of something that's bigger than yourself. And and given because we do come from farming, and I don't know if there's anybody that knows about farming. Farming is probably one of the hardest professions that exist. Right. It's not easy work. Um, but one of the things that was ingrained in me and, and ultimately ingrained in my father was this importance of ownership, even if you don't have much, right? right. And so I'm not saying that, you know, we are the, the wealthiest or anything like that. But when you own a plot of land that you can work that land and you can grow and you can sell and you can somewhat control uh, being able to feed your family. And so for my father, he was raised on a farm with his siblings in a family business. And oftentimes he would tell me, you know, there's two working days after Friday and two working days before Monday. Don't be a weekend person because for him, mm-hmm. you know, grow up on a farm you know, the the pigs still got to get fed on Saturday. The cows still have to get tended to on Sunday. There is no days off. And it's not necessarily like, you know, work yourself to the bone, but just understanding that you need to do whatever is necessary to keep this train going. Mm -hmm. Um, And so specifically in terms of my my father and, and his legacy, he left the farm at 17 to move to Atlanta and work for the city of Atlanta. But once he left the city of Atlanta, he started a business. Um, that was really rooted in working with the public sector to create opportunities for people of color. And so specifically for us, we work with government agencies around uh, government contracting. A lot of people don't even know about doing business with the government or what that even looks like. But my father pioneered um, policies and initiatives around Black people getting a piece of the pie because a lot of people don't realize that the government is the biggest buyer that exists. Right. Right. They buy during recessions, depressions, even during the pandemic. Now they are spending millions and billions of dollars on, you know, equipment to kind of deal with the pandemic. And so given that my father realized that this is an opportunity here. And so it's one thing to, you know, have people get a government job. It's another thing to get a government contract. You look at a government government salary, maybe, you know, $60,000 a year, but you could have a, um, a plumbing business and you could get a contract to do the plumbing for your whole school district. Mm -hmm. That's millions of dollars. So now you're able to hire your family, your community, and that, you know, builds more economic uh, mobility for your community. And so my dad's mission was really, uh, just increasing people's, uh, increasing black people's opportunities to do business with the government. And then also through agriculture, because that was his legacy. Right. And mm-hmm. so a lot of what he stood on was, was the farming piece. And so as I look at me, there's this government piece because that's what has been bestowed upon me from my father. And I'm now adding my twist in terms of what it is that I do to it to kind of take it to the next level. Um, and so now currently me and my brother, lead the company. Um, it's 30 plus years. My father started it the year before I was born. Um, and I will say like, you know, like you mentioned in terms of there is no end date when it comes to grieving, it's a forever, for everything for sure. But what I've told people is having something to keep alive in my dad's name has been so healing. It's Mm -hmm. been it's been more healing that I could have ever imagined, right? Because 
you know a parent has died in the physical, but it's like you still want to have a piece of them. Right. You know what I mean? You still want to feel them, their spirit. And so to wake up every day and to be working towards something that my father started, just like we're connected daily, right? no matter if we want to or not. And so that connection has significantly helped on this side. Like I don't, and I've been telling people, it's like, you know, it doesn't have to be a business or whatever it is, build a legacy that your kids can stand on because it does help when you're no longer here. It does give them something to channel that emotion into. Hmm. Lauren, you are incredible. <laughs> you are. You. Your, your father left you with so much wisdom. He, he prepared you in ways. It almost mm-hmm. seems like you're, you couldn't always be aware of. Like, there are so many gems and life lessons we get along the way. And we're like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, uh-huh, thanks. And now yeah. you're like the CEO of the right. company, you know, in your early 30s. And you are truly carrying on his legacy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. I've often said that being his caregiver was a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was hard dealing with doctors, medications, the healthcare system. You know, the the line, the list goes on and on and on. But I also tell people that had my father never gotten sick, we would have never justified spending that much intentional time together. Wow. Just wouldn't have justified it. Right. And so that's been another, I guess, layer of my mission that has come from me taking care of him is just really advocating for young people to spend intentional time with their parents or elders in their family that goes beyond the holidays. You may you may be there for Christmas or but that doesn't mean you're getting to know them outside of them being your grandmother, outside of them being your mom. And so for me, during that time of taking care of him, I got to know him as a man mm-hmm. outside of just being my father. Ask him, when were you first proud to be black? You know, what did you spend your first big paycheck on? These are questions that you don't think about because you think that these people will always be there. But there's just so much wisdom that is wrapped up in their stories and they don't have to have lived a big and, you know, big life. Anybody that's been here longer than you has something that they can share that can help you in your journey. And so I will always be an advocate for intergenerational dialogue. I didn't realize how important it was until I was in that situation. So now it's like, like you mentioned, it's like I've been blessed with so much wisdom that now that I'm making my way back to my platform and into my business endeavors, it's like I'm a mouthpiece. I have a bullhorn. Like, y'all, I have something to say. Like, y'all need to listen. Okay. Right. Like, I'm here for yeah. it. I am here for it. And you do it so well on your platform. You, I don't know what photographer you have following you around. Okay. I'm just like, <laughs> the way that you are able to capture and tell the story through photos, through the written word is truly inspiring, but it's also well curated and crafted. And you can tell that there is a high level of intentionality behind it. I remember, you know, reading and following the story that you created and shared about your uncle and you were on the tractor and you were Mm -hmm. on the ground. And I couldn't 
I literally couldn't stop reading. I said, like, how many times are you going to read this, Lydia? Um, you sharing <laughs> old, you know, magazine and newspaper mm-hmm. clippings. You are truly telling your family story, but it's Black history that you are mm-hmm. you are telling. It's American history that you are mm-hmm. telling. And it is to be appreciated because, unfortunately, a lot of us don't do a, a good job at documenting our experiences. So you're talking about mm-hmm. inter, intergenerational, you know, relationships, but that storytelling mm-hmm. part is so important. I'm so glad that you are doing it. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And it's, it's, and, you know, going back to when you asked about, you know, who are you? It's like, I do truly feel like in some ways I'm a vessel um, mm. to kind of share things because what, I come from what I've experienced, although I have experienced, you know, lost and having to be a caregiver. I'm very privileged. You know what I mean? In the sense of having these experiences, having the ancestors that I have, Mm. understanding the importance of documenting and telling your story. And I'm I'm hoping that people that consume my content or hear my story are not only inspired to build their own legacy, but also to, to determine who are they. You oh, know, you don't you don't know where you're going unless you know where you came from. And so even people who are like, you know, well, I don't come from a very strong legacy or whatever. I'm just like, well, you have to start it. And I oftentimes yeah. tell people like my grandfather was in the field with two mules, no tractor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With just one plot of land. He's probably, he had probably never, I think he'd probably been on an airplane once or twice, right? But he has a granddaughter. Me, I've been to countries all over the world. I've worked all over the world. And so it was the seeds that he was planting and laying, you know what I mean? Such that I could, such that I could have what I am experiencing. And so no matter where you fall in the totem pole in terms of like, if, you know, you're my phase or if you're the manifestation of what my dad will potentially be for your family, it's like you have to kind of, you know, be intentional mm-hmm. about it and and really building that legacy and thinking about what you want to be here when your physical is long gone. That is so good. And speaking of legacy, I think when we think of legacy, we're like, oh, OK, that thing that's passed down. OK, synonymous to inheritance and whatever else comes with that. But in a prior conversation, we spoke about the responsibility and what can be received or perceived as a burden um, mm-hmm. that comes with legacy. Can you touch on that some more? Because that was a really good conversation, right? But you really are able to lead in that conversation because you've had this experience. What is it like not only having a company passed down to you, but all of this rich history passed down to you that you are responsible for? Yeah, it's, it is truly, like I mentioned, an inherited responsibility. And, you know, one of the things I think that is unique about what I add to the legacy is I'm a storyteller. I was a storyteller before, you know, my father became sick or before he passed. But now that this legacy is now being passed on to me, it's like, okay, well, what is my job? You amplify, you tell the story, you you figure out how you can reach as many people as possible. Because unfortunately, like you mentioned, a lot of our stories are not told. A lot of our stories we don't even know. Um, and oftentimes people, Black people that do come from a very rich legacy or whatever, a lot of times they may retreat. 
Hmm. And they and they don't necessarily share, you know, the insight of how you keep something going, because I oftentimes tell people like, you know, I went to Howard. Howard been around since 1867, which means there have been black people going to college since 1867. <laughs> so there's long lineages of, you know, right. legacy out here. Right. Um, that we just may not know much about. And so um but back to your question in terms of like what is what is it like? It's it's a lot of pressure. It, it, I mean, it's 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 a it's a lot of weight, but it's one of those things where the weight isn't is very inspiring. Right. Because it's like, all right, tag, you're it. You know what I mean? And so what it, what are you going to do to help amplify this? And you, you think about all the hard work that your ancestors went through before you. And so I tell people about, you know, with my grandfather, us owning land for over a hundred years in the deep South. So imagine what they've had to deal with, with white people owning Hmm. hundreds and hundreds of acres of land through the 1900s. You know what I mean? And, And what you're having to deal with, in terms of race relations to maintain that and keep a hold of that. Right. Right. And so when I, when I think about my day to day, it's like, you know, we clearly still dealing with issues, right. (laughs) Being being black in America for sure. However, I don't have an excuse. You know what I mean? And I think the other thing that I've been starting to, to share as I talk about this conversation is as parents, if legacy is a big, thing for you you have to nurture that within your kids you can be out here building you know legacy and various different things that you want to pass on to your kids but if you don't nurture that within them they don't won't even know the importance of what it is that you're doing and Mm -hmm. so the four years when my father was sick and we were spending this intentional time he was nurturing he was telling me the stories about my family he was he was almost like injecting me with a certain level of pride Mm. that was almost you know it was dormant you know what I mean because and I think as young people like you know we think we know everything and you know like we live in our life and our parents will be there but it's like you can draw from that strength Mm. you know what I mean in terms of where you come from and what people were able to overcome you know what I mean and so it's it's definitely a lot and I'm I'm a work in progress in terms of learning really how to manage having my own sets of goals and aspirations while ultimately mm-hmm. having this inherited responsibility. And I think that is something that is not talked about enough. It is not. It is not. And it is exactly why I knew that we had to have this conversation. You have been divinely assigned your position Mm -hmm. and there are so many of us who can learn from you like you said so eloquently not all of us get to inherit you know the experience that you have or what your your forefathers Mm -hmm. have passed down to you but there's something so oh my goodness invigorating about what you are sharing because it it prepares us mentally for it inspires and prepares us mentally for what it is that we can leave mm-hmm. behind. You said, and correct me if I'm wrong, I took this down and note, let the burden inspire you or was it like mm-hmm. the responsibility inspire you? 
both really (laughs) that is look I'm over here taking notes you you that right there let the burden inspire you yeah I mean you know because the reality is I think for me it goes back to like just recognizing how blessed I am Mm. right and and you know I didn't pick my parents, you know what I mean? But they are who I am, the lineage that I am. And it's just Mm -hmm. like so many people would love to be able to to come from what I come from or just Mm -hmm. be able to know their history because – I think I think Deion Sanders used to say this like, you know, when you when you feel good, you do good. When you look good, you know, right. that that line. <laughs> so it's like when you know who you are, you, you walk different. And and that's that's really what I was trying to get to is like I walk differently because I know who I am mm. through and through. You know what I mean? And me knowing who I am goes back hundreds of years. Right. And so it's not a ego it's not haughtiness at all but it's being confident and knowing that if I come up against some silly mess I don't have to you know what I mean I know who I am right. I don't need to engage you know what I mean and I know what my purpose is um but I think the way is just like knowing that you may be carrying something that m- most of your peers have never had to carry or even know anything about mm-hmm. and so it becomes, I want to say like lonely, but in terms of relatability, you it's hard for you to relate to others because one of the conversations that I will ultimately have moving forward is there's a difference between generational wealth and generational legacy. You mm. can have you can have generational legacy well, and have wealth, but mm. you can also have generational wealth and not really have a strong legacy, right? So one could be passed that money can be passed down and, you know, one could assume that's generational wealth, but you haven't necessarily built something that impacts people beyond your household, right? Mm. I'm dealing with something that goes beyond the monetary value of wealth. You know what I mean? And they're not the same. And so it'd be one thing. Yeah, I got a big old check and I'm, you know, that's not what this Mm -hmm. is. (laughs) You know (laughs) what? (laughs) Let me tell you something. Something just jumped up in my spirit. And I was like, well, if you don't say what you just say, you said what you said. Okay. I love that you said that. Mm -hmm. I, I appreciate the fact that you said that because it requires a certain level of acumen and a mindset to be able to differentiate the two. A lot of people are out here thinking that they are greater than they are. And I hate to be the one who says it, but it needs to be said because, you know, when your impact is measured on the scale, you know, I hope, you know, that is balanced, but I'm so glad that you are putting that into perspective for us because Mm -hmm. there's so many things that we aspire to and I don't think impact is associated with a lot of that Mm -hmm. it's more monetary Mm -hmm. and and, yeah that's that's going to be a very big um narrative that I will be bringing to the forefront um to just talk about because I don't want us to limit ourselves because Mm -hmm. money doesn't doesn't guarantee um, empowerment. It doesn't necessarily guarantee 
better. You know what mm, I mean? Right. Um, and, you know, we see people with money all the time that, you know what I mean, when you look at their life or what they're doing or what they're putting out there, it doesn't necessarily mean much other than the fact that they have money. And mm-hmm. I know that, you know, from the, coming from the black community, you know, us having our own bootstraps to be able to go out here and navigate the road is very, very important considering the years of, you know, systematic oppression. But it's like passing down morals and values, how you want to raise the woman in your family. That's just as important. That's a part of your legacy too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like men in your family standing up to their responsibilities. That's just as important as like, you know what I mean? That's a part of legacy. That's a part of legacy. And so we can't, have talk about it in a very one-dimensional wealth creating way because the reality is if you don't teach your kids how to make money leaving them money they just gonna spend it and that's exactly okay so um but yeah and so I think that was you know something for me that I've, I've realized that you know I add to the narrative and you know it's a it's a, a beautiful thing because in addition to inheriting, you know, this legacy, the business, I've inherited a lot of wisdom and a mm-hmm. lot of revelation and a lot of perspective that I know I can add to various different conversations that we're having within our community. Because, you know, for millennials, this generational wealth is a big, it's a big thing, as it should. It is. You yeah. know what I mean? But, a lot of it is a buzzword as well. Right, exactly. A lot of it is a buzzword. And I think something that I'm, you know, I'm very fortunate to be able to be speaking from a perspective that's not a part of the current dialogue. You yeah. know what I mean? What you're, what you're getting at is lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I don't think enough of, uh, enough of us in our community really value lifestyle beyond the material. Mm-hmm. And when I look at the lineage that you share with us so gracefully and willingly, it 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 makes me want to live my life in the way that will help me to be able to do the same for someone else. Right. I am not a miller. And <laughs> I think that it is so incredible that you are, but what you are extending to us is connectedness, right? Mm-hmm. You're saying, look, you don't have to be a miller, but you are a part of the diaspora and mm-hmm. you deserve this information. Mm-hmm. And this is what you can create. And I think that is so necessary. So I, I look forward to everything that you share. And I'm most definitely staying connected so that I can, sh- you know, be abreast to what it is that you are going to do mm-hmm. around this conversation because it's so important. There are so many black businesses that come and go mm-hmm. and there are a number of them that are still around, but aren't having the impact that they once had or are known more for, hmm, I want to say this in a very respectful way. While they while they have a, a legacy, there is no longer impact associated with that legacy, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like all oral history. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you are doing, oh my goodness, Lauren. You know, I have to ask you, right? You talk about inherited responsibility mm-hmm. and balancing that with your dreams. Mm-hmm. How are you able to do, oh my gosh, I don't even know if I have the, perp- the uh, excuse me, the proper wording for this question because it's bigger than me and I want to make sure that you understand what I'm trying to ask you 
in having your inherited responsibility and having your own dreams and desires and calling on your life, how are you able to marry all of that so that you can get what you need to get done and still be fulfilled? I'm still learning how to <laughs> how to do that. <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, I'm trying to, you know, find the balance, right? Mm-hmm. And And right now what I'm doing is really working to see how this ecosystem works. And it's funny because I actually did this exercise last week and I opened it up to some of my followers where we mapped out our our life ecosystem of, you know, whatever business or creative endeavors and various different things. Because I think one of the things that would be key for me is how all of this integrates versus trying Mm -hmm. to operate in silos, right? Because I feel like operating in a silo I'm going to be running around with a chicken, like with a chicken with their head cut off because it's, it's just, it's a lot. But I think integrating them and understanding that, like, like I said, I'm a storyteller. I like telling stories. So I was like, okay, a part of your role in terms of keeping the legacy alive is being the family storyteller, being the orator, mm-hmm. making sure you're documenting and various different things like that, because that's something that you already like to do as a creative already. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and then ultimately with the business, luckily, you know, I'm not doing it just by myself. I have my brother who is, who has spent historically spent more time in the business. He started working for the business when he graduated from, from college. So that's been his whole, you know, life. And I think, you know, for me, it is just kind of seeing the bigger picture, but I will, I will say, I do not have all the answers. And, and that's hmm. why I am sharing as I go because a lot of us, you know, millennials, we're building legacy for our kids. And I tell people, I'm like, you know, well, in a way I'm living your future kids life. Mm. Oh, I like that. And so let me give you insight or, you know, let me be a case study, right. For Hmm. things that you may think about in terms of how you may nurture your kids or how you may, set things up or, you know, various different things because, yeah, because ultimately, right, if you are a go-getter, you are, you know, building your own legacy, your kids see you and they want to do the same thing for themselves, right? Right. So I will always tell my dad, I'm just like, you want me to do the family business, but you raised me to be an entrepreneur <laughs> to start my own, you know what I mean? And so those types of nuances are real. Um, and I think, right. you know, those are conversations that I think we definitely need to have more of outside of the realm of somebody we're preparing for somebody to transition. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't need right. to be a taboo, you know, having these kind. if you do have a family business or business, like start talking to your kids about it as soon as possible, not in the way of like, you have to take this on, but how does this work into the full ecosystem of, of what we want our family legacy to be? You know what I mean? And it and, that's really good. And how does it manifest itself over generations? And so, you know, when people ask me, like, you know, how do you create a legacy? Like, I don't know. And I'm just like, you know, well, what do you want your what do you want within your family? Whether it's knowledge, education, and I think for us it's farming, agriculture, and business. That's a part of mm. our makeup. For somebody else, it could be, you know academia or you know I don't know whatever it may be but once you are clear on that it's like okay then if this is what it is then there has to be intentional time spent on passing down this knowledge passing down doing the oral storytelling like you're saying it's like ultimately there's so many things that are grabbing for our attention today 
But once upon a time, you had to sit, you know, in Indian style and listen to your grandparents talk. (laughs) You know what I mean? And just hear the stories and pass them down. And it's, I feel like that's a lost art that I want to bring back Mm -hmm. because it's such a powerful um, part of our culture and legacy. Right. You are doing the work. (laughs) You are truly doing the work. You say, I am a storyteller and entrepreneur. That has been your narrative thread, it sounds like, since day one. And it excites me to know that you've found a way, even though you're learning as you as you are going, that you've found a way to marry everything so that you are in alignment with your family's mission. Yes. I like that. Think about what you want, you know, your family's mission to be. That is really good information. I feel like you are about to have all of these blueprints yeah. for us. I'm like, what is it that she is conjuring? Yeah. I'm like, I see this portal in my head. I'm logging in. I'm like, bump ancestry and 23andMe. Um, right. Because we don't need to buy back our history from anyone who stole it. Mm-hmm. Just let Lauren do it all. <laughs> no, you don't have to do it all. It's okay. I won't yeah. put that on but you. No, but, t- but, yeah, but to your point, I am, you know, I don't know what it will you know, manifest itself to be, but I do feel like there will be some type of supportive framework blueprint or something to kind of help um, families to kind of get into this mindset. And I, and I mentioned this in something that I posted not too long ago that was very affirming when I was going through my father's things, I found a program from somebody else's family reunion and my father was the keynote. And he was to talk about his family, our family legacy. And so he was actually intentionally somewhat in his own way doing the same thing, sharing with different people. Like, what does this look like? What are the hardships? Because the reality is we're just like every other family. We fight, cut all of the the mess that exists (laughs) everywhere. I don't want people to think that we're just some, yeah, we all kumbaya. That is not the case. You know what I mean? But (laughs) once somebody within your family establishes this is bigger than you, no matter how far out somebody goes, they're going to reel back in because they realize Mm. the power in what is bigger than themselves. And I think that's really is what you have to kind of create for your family. Everybody understanding that we can go our separate ways. We may not be cool for a year or two, but you're going to have to reel it back in. You know what I mean? Because we got to have stuff to do. Mm. You know what? There is, when God is in the midst, there is always that thing that brings you back. You were supposed to find that program. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. I love the fact that he left, who I guess footprints Mm -hmm. for you, right? For you to know that you are on track. I can't wait to see what it is that you build, but it sounds like you already have everything you Mm -hmm. need. Thank you. Oh my, yes, you are welcome. You know, you have shared so much with us and I'm over here taking notes. I'm like, all right, let me do X, Y, Z. Let me put this family mission. I clearly don't even have a family of my own yet, but I'm like, what? What am I going to leave? And what do I want to be known for? Mm-hmm. You. Oh, I, I, I'm lost for it. 
I really am because you've picked up the baton and you are going forward, but you're also taking us with yeah. you. You are. I, I think that is remarkable. You know, we've gotten to the point on the tour where it is time for you to bless us with your mic drop mm-hmm. moment. And you can be anywhere on the spectrum from sexual chocolate to Obama. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so I'll just leave with like, I guess my life mantra. This is a quote that I came up with myself and essentially it's go out, do dope shit and become what God intended for you to be. I clearly need to get a mic drop sound. <laughs> it is coming before this episode <laughs> is published. It will be edited in. I, I, I agree with that. Okay. I agree with that. I am so glad that you are who you say you are. You You know, it's one thing to connect with people on social and, you know, their highlight reel be that. And there's another thing to engage with people who are telling stories, who are intentional about creating a transformational experience for people on whatever platform that they're publishing to. And you are that. You're so much more than that, right? But in a limited version, that's who you are. And I, I am confident that every minute that you spend pouring into what I will call your ministry, right? And teaching us about legacy and generational storytelling and generational wealth is going to truly touch our community and impact us in ways that it has not been done before. There has been no one in my experience who is doing the work that you are doing. And I don't think that we should leave it to large publications. Nothing, not that there's anything wrong with that, but we shouldn't leave the burden of responsibility to large publications and corporations to tell our story. So I'm so glad that you have found it important to do so. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for allowing me to come on your platform to just share more of my mission and introduce me to all of you know, your audience. I, I really appreciate it. And I I am just grateful for the opportunity. You are more than welcome. You know, I know people are excited and want to stay connected with you. So let people know how they can be in mm-hmm. touch and follow yes. your journey. So if you are on Instagram, which I know most of you are, um, you can follow me. Uh, my handle is Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N dot Rosa, R-O-S-A dot Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R. You can also go to my website, Miller. I would just recommend you signing up um, and subscribing. I have a lot in store around, you know, generational legacy, storytelling, Um, And so, yeah, that's the best way to find me. I'm on LinkedIn, but I would say my website and and Instagram are the best places to actually engage and and have conversation. You are so inspiring and I am so inspired. Oh, my goodness. I feel like we're about to go out (laughs) on a mission and just uplift black people and we are going to go do those things. And it's going to be lit. Yes. Got to. Oh, my. Yes. I cannot be more excited about this stop on the tour. And I am so glad, oh my goodness, that Lauren 
showed up the way that she did. She came ready. She dropped major gems. And she is truly helping me. I'll speak for myself. And I'm going to speak for you just because you can't speak for yourself right now. Get your life. Get your life right now and create the life that you want the next generation to live and experience. As always, you can keep up with Get My Life Tour on social media at the Get My Life Tour with me at Lydia T. Blanco. As always, you know, check out the GetMyLifeTour.com for the latest on the podcast. And be sure to like, subscribe, and download and comment. Let us know what you thought about on this stop of the tour. And stay connected with Lauren as she champions the work that she is doing. I am so grateful. And Lauren, I just want to thank you one more time. (laughs) Thank you. Until the next time, I hope to see you on the next stop of the Get My Life Tour. It has been real. Peace.